0: grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Isaiah 42. Here again the part that reads, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom I soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow fainter to be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for him. You may be seated. Today, being the baptism of our Lord, he is God's chosen servant to bring justice. But this chosenness started long before as we heard the prophet Isaiah almost 800 years before our Lord arrived. It started with God's people whom he had chosen and continues through us. You know how important it is to be chosen. Being chosen is important to many of us. Just think of how it was in elementary school, right? When the team captains would go ahead and choose, those who would be on their team. Teachers. Choose their helpers. Chosen to lead, chosen to receive. We hear in the book of Isaiah that God has chosen his servant. The Lord has a job for someone whom he has called his servant. He is to bring justice to the nations. He's not going to be discouraged until he has established justice in the whole earth. And people are waiting for him to do it. He is a light beyond his own people. Those are high expectations and it starts with God's people. God had chosen Abraham. God had chosen his son Isaac. God has chosen his son Jacob, changing his name to Israel and his descendants became that nation of Israel to whom the book of Isaiah is speaking. Now, theologians have gone ahead and debated about this servant, whether it is the nation of Israel or a particular person. Sometimes it's clear that it's one. Sometimes it's clear that it's the nation. And sometimes you just wonder, which is it? We who know is because we can look back in history as we look at God's Word. But what about then? Let's look at it. The Lord makes an announcement, I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. Did God's people, or did God call God's people in righteousness? Did God call Jesus in righteousness? Does He call us in righteousness? And, of course, the Lutheran and the biblical answer is yes. And that was a problem for God's people at the time of Isaiah. Even though God had chosen them to be his servant, even though God had called them in righteousness, they weren't acting like it. Oh, yes, they believed that they were chosen. But in the sense of entitlement, God was on their side. And they concluded then they could do whatever they wanted. God would not remove his grace from them. They were to be God's representatives, a light to guide other people to the Lord. But they were acting like the nations. They were doing the very things that the people they were to help, were doing the things that They needed to help them out of. Instead, they were acting not like God's people. Well, they worshiped the Lord, but then, you know, there are other ways. And they worshiped idols. They were acting like prisoners, sitting in darkness. When they had the light of God's word, They were blind to the oppression that they inflicted on others. If Paul were Isaiah, he might have proclaimed to them, Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin live in it any longer? And yet they would not listen. The Lord has Isaiah proclaim that God has had enough. The monarchy is going to be torn down, down to its root. The cities would lay destroyed. They would lose their country. They'd go into exile, and all that would be left is a little remnant. What will it take for God's people to learn? to realize what they are doing to themselves. So also God has chosen us in righteousness. Through baptism, God has placed his name on us as we were heard at the beginning of the service and we'll hear again in the benediction. So how is your righteous living going now? How well are you treating your family, your spouse, your parents, Even though they may irritate us, did God call you to live in their righteousness or unrighteousness, their irritation? Or has He called you to live in His righteousness? How well are you witnessing or a light to others, showing the path to our Lord Jesus Christ? How have you helped them to be faithful to the Lord? We might ask ourselves if only someone would just set things right, if there would only be real justice in the world. And I ask you today, are you really ready for God to come in his justice? justice that is dividing between right and wrong, between those who are good and those who are not? Have we always been that righteous? Are we that way in God's eyes? And of course, when we come to the biblical answer, God's answer, it's no. And when there's a no, There's all kinds of destruction and punishment. How in the world can we be God's righteous servant in whom he delights? It's all in Jesus. All of God's people throughout history is reduced to one. The remnant that Isaiah speaks about is reduced to one servant, and it looks like the nation of Israel is fainting, or is a fainting, burning wick, a bruised reed that we soon knocked over by the wind and snuffed out. But He is Jesus. And He is so different than our righteousness, so different from God's people. For not, his, for not Only has God chosen him, but he chooses to be one of us. Today we celebrate the baptism of Jesus, and yet Jesus does not need to be baptized. When God has called him in righteousness, he was and is and will continue to be always righteous. And when Jesus asked to be baptized, John sees the contradiction here Jesus, you got it all backwards. I need to be baptized. And yet Jesus says that being baptized is necessary to fill all righteousness. You see, Jesus knows that his purpose is bigger than him being right. He knows that his purpose is bigger than his own righteousness. His purpose is for the righteousness of others. Jesus doesn't need to be baptized. John needs it. God's people need it. We needed it. And when he is baptized, his righteousness becomes or starts to be distributed to others. You see, his baptism works in reverse. He takes on our sin as we see in the cross, and he gives us his righteousness as delivered in baptism and confession and absolution. He does what Israel failed to do and could not do and at times would not do. He is Israel reduced to one, and even though Jesus is righteous, he goes through the same things his people did, the same punishment, discipline, and condemnation, but Jesus is steadfast all the way to the cross, even to death. He will not give up. For on the cross, he becomes the bruised reed. On the cross, he becomes the faintly burning wick. And on the cross, his life is snuffed out. On the cross, he looks like the bruised reed that cannot stand up to his enemies. And everything is taken away from him. His clothes, his life, and yet he continues to give more. He gives his mother to John. He breathes out his spirit. He pours out his blood. And it looks like all is lost. And the wick of salvation has grown, gone out for Israel, for God's people, and the sun stops shining, and it is dark. It is in the darkness that God does his greatest work. For he speaks, and there is light. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. For Jesus' baptism, the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Again at the transfiguration, he says it once again. God the Father is pleased what Jesus is doing and did and raised him from the dead. Behold, the former things are past. The new things I declare, before they spring up, before they spring, before I tell you of them. Yes, all the way, 800 years before and before that and before that, all the way back to when Adam and Eve fell into sin. God has given this Jesus as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. Sound familiar. And we will sing it. The covenant had to do with the shedding of blood and the circumcision which we heard last Sunday with the sacrificial system all fulfilled by the blood of Jesus. And now this blood is for you. Given in Holy Communion, a new covenant, a new testament in his blood. So when God's people gather around the word and sacrament, the light of Christ is held high. The death of Jesus on the the cross is the glory of the people of Israel and a light to the nations. Here is Holy Communion. There we proclaim the Lord's death. How can we continue in sin any longer? Do you not know all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Jesus, we consider our sinful nature dead. We consider our lives alive in Christ Jesus. So when God now says to you, I have called you in righteousness, we are called in Christ's righteousness. Not to live according to the standards of the world, or how we feel. But in Christ. This is the season of, of epiphany. It literally means to shine upon. You and your life are to shine the light upon Christ. In a way, in that way, Christ, in Christ you are the light of the world. In Christ, you are the light to your family. In Christ, you are the light to your friends, to your co-workers. In Christ, God has chosen you to be his servant. And with you, he is well pleased. In Christ, you never have to doubt your status before God. You have Christ's righteousness. Now give it away. And in giving away, you begin to set things right for other people, God willing, those things will help them have their lives set right with God because of Jesus. And they too will become light to the world around them because in Christ, We are God's chosen servant. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.